Hello, my lovelies. You are now listening to The Vow, Voice of Women. The intention of this podcast is to empower women through sharing of real life stories. We have a fab lineup of inspiring, kick-ass, real, dedicated women. We're going to get down and dirty. What has made these women successful? What makes them tick? How do they handle conflict? And what might they eat in a day? So here we go. Shipley Strickland. Welcome, Julie. Thanks, Tanya. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day. I can imagine that the wealth management industry is just booming, just like real estate. <laughs> Everyone's got all this money, no one's traveling, and no one knows what to do with it. It's fabulous. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so let's so just let's just dive right in. So um, how long have you been in wealth management for? So I started in the business in 2008, but I started on the mutual fund side only. Um, so that gives me a limited amount of uh, products to offer clients. So in 2018, we started to make the educational shift, because there's quite a bit behind it, um, to move over to the IROC side. So that's a full suite of products able to offer to clients, which is much more fitting. So we moved over there, our firm, in 20, January of 2019 when we joined Wellington. Um, so it's been a couple of years on that side. So I'm just going to do a short intro, and now that we kind of know what you do, uh, so you believe in building very strong relationships and understanding your clients' goals, supporting their concerns, providing thoughtful and really strategic solutions to their issues. Um, You are a senior investment advisor with Wellington Altus, Mm -hmm. Private Wealth, and a senior insurance advisor with Berg, Tatamer, and Associates. Did I pronounce that right? Yeah, you did. Oh my gosh. Perfect. Nailed it. Nailed it. (laughs) You provide independent investment advice, financial planning, insurance solutions, and clear guidance to entrepreneurs, executives, and their families. Clear guidance. Well, I'd love to hear more about that. So what is your purpose and passion in your industry, Julie? I think the biggest thing that drives me is education. My industry is so unknown. It's so, um, it's traditionally a very transactional industry and it's so foreign to so many people. We think the stock market, we hear bonds, stocks, we hear all this lingo, but to actually know what we're doing and how we're building wealth for clients is, is a little bit of a mystery. So I like demystifying that for clients. I like being able to get into the weeds with them. I like being able to um, learn what drives them financially and where they want to build their wealth and how. So you really break it down for your clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I think as uh, oh, oh, I, I've invested my money for many years in many different things, just I always say it's been trial and error. Mm-hmm. You know, just like, you know, real estate marketing, I have people call and say, oh, what works? And I'm like, well, in the last 20 years, a lot hasn't. <laughs> exactly. So when you meet with your clients, are your clients typically people that come with wealth or are they typically people that are really starting out building wealth? I think it's a bit of both. Right. So just in the past few years, I've really shifted my business to work with female entrepreneurs. Okay. And I would say in that arena, these women are coming. They've built their business for 8, 10, 15 years, and they've reinvested everything back into it. So they're very wealthy in their business. It's doing phenomenal. And now they want to start planning for what happens after they sell their business, 
move on from it um, or, or various other life stages that they're going to encounter. So that niche has a different type of wealth, I would say, because it's all in their business. The executives and or families I work with, they're coming with some wealth, but looking for some strategies to grow it, mm-hmm. right? And a lot are looking for diversity in their portfolio. Like you mentioned, they have, you know, their real estate organized. They have maybe a vacation property. And now they're looking to say, hey, I really want to grow this retirement savings. And retirement's looking different, more and more different for people mm-hmm. these days too, right? Lots are saying, hey, I'm not going to retire. I'm just going to slow down. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sell part of my business. I'm going to consult. I'm going to work on a board, that sort of thing. So what they want to do with their goals and how they want to accumulate their wealth is very different than even when I started in the business. Yeah, I'm sure there's been so much evolution in your business. You know, How many years have you been in your business? So I say around 12. I think my focus on the wealth management side has been about three or four. And what have some been some of the challenges in in say the past twelve you know twelve to fourteen months, uh, you know reflecting back on COVID, we're kind of just getting out of it. You know what? How, how has your business really changed? I mean, last March was a, probably the most tumultuous month I've ever had in my business. I mean, the market went from fairly steady. We had great economic prospects January, early February. And then it literally nosedived overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a couple of weeks, we lost 40% on major exchanges around the world. Wow. So people, um, I would say, panicked overall. Um, but I would say my client was, they were really steady. I was reaching out to everyone. And, you know, they'd been through something like this before. 2008, right, with the financial crisis. Mm-hmm. 2001 with the tech. Um, just because I hadn't necessarily, I mean, I started in the middle of a financial crisis in 08. Lots of clients were steady. They liked their portfolios. We had stuff really, really well diversified. The idea of a diversified portfolio and making sure that not all your eggs are in one basket um, couldn't have been you know, more, more important at that time. Um, but what we encouraged clients to do was really buy. You know, mm-hmm. I, I had a joke going that you know, everything's on clearance. It's like a yes. giant clearance sale. Let's shop. So April and May, we really encouraged clients to take some of their disposable income when they weren't traveling, when everything was locked down, in order to be able to start to put money in the market. And since then, I mean, the market's done something fantastic. It's been phenomenal. Indices around the world are back up. Everything's looking really, really great. So throughout COVID, when things have been so tumultuous with open, close, health, different scientific data we got, there's been so much confusion. I actually find the market's been really steady and kind of a, a reassuring place for clients to be putting their money at this time, which has been great. And so I, I think there's some synergy in our businesses. Well, frankly, maybe many businesses in March because I I had, I think, like 42 listings in middle of March. And by the end of March, I had like eight, <laughs> you know, like 100%. we really just like terminated, terminated because it was like we didn't know if it was Ebola. We didn't know what was going on. We were 100%. all like very scared. Um, I, for the first time in my life felt this, like I actually felt fear Mm -hmm. of what was going to happen. Um, I reacted very quickly and laid off all my staff temporarily. Um, and I remember we were all kind of all huddled down in the the front room, like crying. And I mean, we might as well have been singing Kumbaya. Like we were all, (laughs) you know, we were all really sad and scared. And, you know, then you fast forward 14 months and I, I feel like there is this optimism and there is... Mm -hmm. In, in your industry and in my industry, we've seen these like kind of like 
really strong industries. So mm-hmm. it's it's been so interesting now reflecting back. I laughed with my business coach. Well, we laugh about it every time we see each other. You know, end of March, I was supposed to meet with him and I called him crying and I'm like, Reg, I have to go to Safeway and get toilet paper. <laughs> I mean, true story. Stock up. <laughs> I hadn't done that. I, I was like not buying into this frenzy I'm like what's with the deal in baking goods and, and toilet paper like they're all gone and then we were getting shut down that day and I'm like I'm that girl so you know it's just now that I reflect back I mean thank god I can laugh about it but good lord so what a time. I know what a time remember that time yeah remember that god. time yeah this is gonna go down in the history books so how did you get to where you are? Like, what is your, what's your history and your background and where did you grow up and what's your family like? Yeah. So I got into this industry thanks to my dad. Okay. So my dad was on the insurance side. I got born and raised in Montreal. Um, little plug, go Habs go. <laughs> um, I was born and raised in Montreal and moved out here with my husband in 2006. And my dad was in the industry. I actually moved out and worked with L'Oreal Paris head office based out of Montreal, but I took a a role out in Calgary, which was fantastic. That company is fabulous to work for. Um, So out here for a couple years, was working there and just could not progress any further out here because everything was back in Eastern Mm -hmm. Canada. Uh, My husband's career was doing well, so we made the decision to stay out here. And so I really dabbled in a few different areas. I actually looked into real estate. I looked into mortgage brokering. I looked into conflict and negotiation, different areas with people and then finance. Um, And my dad really encouraged me. He was like, go speak with this gentleman out in Calgary. I know him. And I sat down with him and was sold. I just absolutely loved the balance of the finance and the money and then the people side of the business. So started in 08 with Freedom 55 Financial, which just seems so funny right now. Oh my gosh. Because I don't know many people retiring at 55 and that branding and everything is totally gone. It's very archaic. (laughs) Exactly. And I just have this visual always of the gentleman jogging on the beach from Freedom 55 and he's aging as oh he's jogging gosh. on the beach right um and then in uh 2011 had my daughter so took a little bit of time off uh 2014 had my son um and in 2014 I also moved over and joined Burke Tadamir and Associates um back a little bit sadly my dad passed away in 2012 from Lou Gehrig's disease mm-hmm. and so I had taken over part of his business with one of my brothers in Montreal so was kind of doing the juggle between Calgary and Montreal which was a lot, but also a huge learning experience. And I, I honestly, to this day, consider it an honor to be able to have taken over his business. So, it worked and so, out really well. yeah, wow. And so here we are today, mm-hmm. uh, 2021. We're kind of getting out of this last 14 months. Mm-hmm. And, and so, where is your business? today versus where it even was say a year ago like have you seen huge growth in this last 14 months because I'm talking to a lot of businesses and we always hear about the closures and all the negative and people really struggling but a lot of people I'm talking to are doing so well it's their best year ever Mm -hmm. and so are you are is that kind of where your business is at yeah yeah it's one of those where it's it's shocking I was the exact same as you last March we were heading to Florida for spring break to see my mom. And I was like, I'm not canceling the flight. Yeah. I'm going to Florida. Yeah. It's been winter here uh, yeah. forever. I'm not canceling. And they were like, well, we're shutting down the city. And it's Tuesday. I'm like, well, my flight's on Sunday, so that works out great. Um, <laughs> we canceled Saturday at 5 p.m. after 
glass, a couple glasses of wine because I was very upset. And exact same as you, you know, what are staff went home, temporary leaves, you know, what's going on? The stock market's plummeting. I was like, I guess I can't go to Florida. <laughs> like, scrap that. <laughs> my kids are now at home. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. Um, and yeah, I will say, end of March, April, and into early May was insane. Yeah. We worked too many hours okay it so was insane. i guess you are the opposite because you're telling people markets are down we need to buy exactly where uh, my shop was totally you know like no one was crickets. doing anything yeah. it was crickets <laughs> oh so uh, yeah i guess yeah, i so never I thought buried. about that yeah wow. so we worked like oh gosh 12 to 14 hours a day wow. six days a week. like it was insane yeah we were very very busy because everyone was yes. buying and or they were just uncertain so we wanted yeah. to reassure right yeah. so very 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 busy Throughout the summer, though, you started to see the stock market coming back. And so people were continuously, I mean, as soon as it starts to do a little bit well, yeah. people are comfortable. Oh, they get reassurance. Yeah. They're like, oh, that extra chunk of money. I now will dump yeah. all of it in. So it became very positive, very busy. And yeah, I've had one of my best years yet. That's and amazing. Yeah. So I agree with you. Last March, I was, the world was coming to an end. Coming to an end. And now I'm like, hmm. That was interesting. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. fast forward to today and and I get to ask this all the time, like every day, like Tanya, you know, where do you see real estate going in the, the next six months? Best question, and I'm like, isn't it? Hmm, oh. crystal ball, I'd be rich. Yeah. And sign and, me up. Yeah, sign me up. Now in real estate, and I'm interested to hear about your industry, Julie, but in, in, in real estate, I say it could go either way. Mm-hmm. Um, and because we're seeing, you know, inflation is occurring mm-hmm. and it's going to continue to occur. It's just yeah. inevitable to pay back all this debt. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's hard, you know, it's really hard to say what that looks like, but interest rates are going to rise. Um, we have just come out of this little, what I call it, mini boom. We're starting to th- see things kind of level out in a lot of price ranges and a lot of, so maybe some more stability, not that like feeding frenzy where you got to go see a house and make a decision in two yeah. hours with 10 other people lined yes. up to write an offer. So I see our market with, with, you know, probably still decent, but more stability. So where do you, you know, where, what are you seeing in your market? Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's very, very interesting. I think inflation will come, but the data we keep getting is it's, it's I, I think mainstream media, like they typically yeah. tend to do, is making it a really big story, mm-hmm. okay? I agree with you. I think we're gonna see some nice stability. So yes, we've seen some industries, I mean, rocket back. I mean, oil and gas has come back out of yeah. nowhere, right? And I mean, I say out of nowhere, but then you look at the fundamentals behind it and it was obvious it was going to yes. do very well, right? Tech is coming out of nowhere again. Well, that's the way our world's going, mm-hmm. right? But will we start to see kind of a leveling off and a bit of a steady eddy growth as opposed to, you know, a rocket ship? Yes. Um, and I agree with you. I think that's what we're going to see. The stock market leads the economy. Okay, so the stock market's done very well. Now we're coming out of COVID and the economy is going to follow behind it. And we're seeing that in the United States because they're three to six months ahead of us, mm-hmm. depending on, 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 on which state and province, right? Um, so I think we're going to see this stability and this leveling off. Um, could we see some pullbacks? Yeah, look, in my market, my industry, you always have to be ready for it. Um, you know, we saw, I mean, crypto's going everywhere right now simply because China's decided that they're not going to, uh, you know, uh, allow mining or they're going to put severe restrictions on the mining of crypto, right? So, you know, there's all these factors around the world that can affect what's going on. Uh, fundamentally, 
are our, our blue chip basic dividend companies paying? Yeah, they're doing really, really well. Are some of our other sectors doing really well? Well, absolutely. Commodities are doing great, metals, um, you know, oil and gas. And then there's this beautiful push towards green energy, which is mm-hmm. going to be so exciting to see over the next 10, 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot, a lot of positive. And I agree with you. I think we're going to see this beautiful stability coming in shortly. Which is, to me, is healthy. You know, I remember Mm -hmm. going to a real estate conference in Houston, oh gosh, I don't know, eight, nine years ago, Mm -hmm. and they were asking me about our market. And at the time, I think it was probably in a boom, like it was probably 2013, 2014. And and in 2014, Alberta saw the highest real estate prices ever, even greater than what we saw in 06, 07, which was also, you know, a, a really big boom. And so I was saying, yeah, I remember saying to someone, another realtor from Houston, yeah, like we've seen, you know, a 7% increase this year. What's your market like? And Houston, even though it's Texas, very oil driven, Mm -hmm. they're steady Eddie. He's like, yeah, we see about a percent a year, you know, but, but with that is, is there's a, there's a health attached to that health Mm -hmm. where, you know, Calgary since the, you know, the 1800s has been this boom and bust city. And so I'm really excited to see other industry, uh, tech, manufacturing come into our city. And I have a husband in energy, so I'm very Mm -hmm. (laughs) pro-oil. But I think there, you know, we do have to evolve and get with the times as well. Mm -hmm. And so to to mirror your sentiment about, you know, I think there's a lot of things coming in with clean energy that are really exciting that Alberta could really kind of lead, be the leader in that. 100%. And we're seeing these companies do beautiful things. Mm -hmm. I mean, even if you take a household name like Chevron, right? So Chevron's got, um, they're growing their renewable energy Mm -hmm. sector of their business quite fast. Like, it's really impressive. Mm -hmm. If you look at the Huskies, if you look at some of these bigger names, they're really shifting their focus. Sure, the oil and gas is there. It's going to keep doing Mm -hmm. well for a while. And we need it. We We can't run our world without it. Yes. I mean, remember, we've got a large part of our global population that is still working with coal. Wow. Right? So if you think about the development, they're not going to go from coal to windmills. That's, <laughs> no. that's not how this they're goes. They're missing the middle step. Yes. So we're going to have to go through some some sort of oil and gas in order to then move on to yes. hydrogen. Yeah. And, you know, maybe it goes coal, nuclear, and then yeah. on to pure pure yes. renewable. But we're going to get there. It's yeah. so nice to see these companies taking a step and leading the way. Yeah, I love absolutely. That. I, love I, that. I uh, amen to that. Yeah. What advice could you give to someone who has never thought um, about really getting familiar and maintaining their wealth? I think a lot of people are good at making money. They're not good at investing or, you know, like, Saving. what do I do with my money? <laughs> yes. And so, like, and what are you seeing? Like, what are the trend? Is our, like, by the time people are getting to you, are they coming for, like, you know, very elementary advice or are they like seasoned investors that are moving portfolios because they're not happy or is it a mix? Like, what are you, what are you seeing? I would say it's a bit of a mix. All right. So with this, this female entrepreneur group that I'm working with, um, one of my biggest mandates for back half of 2021 and into 2022 is financial education in this area because these women are accomplished. They're smart. They are so they're leading their field, but then they sit down with me and go, Ooh, nobody's really explained to me what a TFSA does mm-hmm. and what I can put into it and how this 
looks and what how this benefits me down the road so there's a little bit more of that elementary education there that i love giving because this is this is how you build wealth right it's step by step by step and then i have this you know executive group and this family group that says you know i've had my portfolio here for xyz reason and i've decided i'd like to consolidate or i want to work with someone independent we get that quite a bit um, we, we get people just, you know, not wanting to deal with the banks for whatever reason, right? So that independence has really helped and Wellington Altus really, really fosters that. Um, so that's something that uh, we hear, gosh, I probably hear it on a weekly basis now. It's, wow. it's really something that uh, I, I think I think clients really, really like that independence. So I, I think I, I get that spectrum of both. For advice on someone building wealth, just start saving and force yourself to do it. Mm-hmm. So have it taken out of our bank, your bank account. I'll tell you a secret. Nobody saves well, even us in it, mm-hmm. right? It just needs to come out of our bank account. You get paid, it comes out, it's saved. You work with the rest. And I think it's an old adage, but it holds true today, right? Because there's always something fun and new and fancy to buy or to purchase or to, to get, right? And so having that saving yourself for, saving for yourself first is key. It's funny, I, I'm listening to you and I'm laughing to myself because I was like, I was more of a money hoarder. <laughs> like, yeah. I like I like collecting it and I like seeing my bank account and I'm like, oh yeah, that looks good. Yeah. And then one day I'm like, yeah, you know, it's not really doing anything for me just sitting there. <laughs> I should probably do something with it. <laughs> well, and I do get that as well where people are like, Julie, I have X number of thousands of dollars. I was like, how long has that been sitting there? 2019. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. All right. We should probably, we should, should talk. We're going to diversify half of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I've seen that, especially in the past 14, 15 oh my months gosh, with the yes. uncertainty, right? Yes. You do get some that have said, I really would just want to see a big cash yeah. balance. Yeah. It's I fair. think, you know, I think people have gone through so much stress and the up and down and the uncertainty of what tomorrow's going to look like that people I would assume just want a feeling of being safe mm-hmm. and money gives that to them right well and I'm seeing that on my other side of my business the risk management side the insurance we're seeing an uptick in insurance because people uh, want that comfort and that safety yeah and that's very normal we see it whenever there's instability yes yeah yeah I could th- I could really see that mm-hmm. What struggles do you face with some of your clients and, and like, how do you navigate through that? I mean, every business has struggles. Mm -hmm. And so what, what are some of the struggles that you face? I think with clients, you know, it's, it's really coaching them if they're in the, you know, the area or the demographic, I guess that we're talking about where they're sitting on larger sums of cash. It's to gently coach them to put that in the market. Um, for those that maybe aren't saving as much, it's to say, Hey, you know, let's do a projection. You, you need to save a little bit more. Um, so those are a little bit difficult conversations mm-hmm. to have, but you also know that that's the best end result for the client, yeah. right? Um, so I would say those are probably the two biggest struggles that we encounter with clients. Um, I think it's a bit of a human nature, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I think it's something really, really important. And when you're able to show a client, hey, you know, if you save X number percentage or Y number of dollars, you know, this is what it'll look like at 55, 60, 65, mm-hmm. 70. That helped me. Helps a lot. So, and and the other thing, I took a, out a whole life insurance policy mm-hmm. 
a number of years ago and I'm like, it co- it's going to cost me how much a year? Mm-hmm. But then when I, when it was broken down to me to say, oh, okay, so in 15 years, you know, mm-hmm. like it, when you can see something and it's more tangible versus just do this and it will be okay, yeah. you know, yeah, it, it, it did. That's really what it, it actually, I remember thinking, oh, I am actually a very visual person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That really solidified it for me. hundred percent. When people can see an end goal that they like, yeah. it's very, very helpful. Yeah. Yeah. What keeps you up at night? <laughs> uh, the dogs. <laughs> aside from the dogs. The dogs and, and aside the from your children. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think it's about maintaining that level of client service for clients. Stock market doesn't bother me. You know, we've got great forecasting. We can see. I wouldn't say we have a crystal ball by any means, but similar to real estate, you can see trends. You can mm-hmm. see what's going to happen. Um, or at least some gauge, yes. with the exception of a pandemic. Yeah, that yes. I don't think anybody yeah, saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ex- exception of a pandemic. Side, side note: pandemic. Regular economic times, we can see. Um, I think it's maintaining that level of service for clients. You know, I, I, like you said at the beginning, I'm a big relationship person. I think that's what really differentiates me in my industry. Is I really like to have that relationship and that service with clients. So it's always making sure that experience is positive for clients. Um, always making sure that you you know you're living up to that next standard, or you're 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 thinking outside the box and expanding for clients. I think I think that's probably my biggest one that keeps me up at night. Oh, Julie, you <laughs> hit the nail on the head, and yeah. I think that's maybe a woman thing mm-hmm. because I. Think so too. I I care for my clients. Yeah. They're not just another number. 100%. Like if I have a client, and this has happened to me, I've been in this business for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. A client comes to me and says, Tanya, I'm just disappointed. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, like if you want to tug at my heartstrings, yeah. don't get angry. Yeah. Tell me that you're disappointed, disappointed. in me. Done. And I'll like fall on the crying. ground in a puddle crying. <laughs> yes. But but I, I care. And when I go to bed at night, mm-hmm. I think about my clients. I think yeah. about... I haven't sold that house. I need to call them tomorrow and just touch base with them. Even mm-hmm. though there's been no action, I want to tell them what we're doing. I want to yeah. just say hello. And so it is my clients that keep me up because I want to do I want to do well by them. I yeah. want them to be happy, not just so that they'll refer me, but I want them to be happy because it's my reputation on the line. Mm-hmm. And I, so I really, as soon as she said that, I'm like, yes, yeah. I take my clients to bed every night. <laughs> oh, we're all, all crowding of them, in. All 80 clients are in bed with me. Fuzzy slippers and all, we're snuggled in. I love it. Yeah, it's just, you want to do a good job, yeah. right? And when you said the disappointed, mm, that's the exact same. Oh, it's Be horrible. angry all you want. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah yell at me. Yeah, totally. Four-year-old and a uh, six-year-old and a 10-year-old now. Yeah, yell, totally. cry, yeah, yeah, do yeah. Thing, do but that. you say disappointed. I know, I know. It's like I did not do well with that. <laughs> yeah. Same. Yeah, and and I just I'm you know, you're dealing with arguably clients' largest asset, mm-hmm. right? Or at least yeah. one of them. Yeah. I'm dealing with their their largest pool of money outside of that yes. asset, right? So yeah. these are high stress, they evoke high emotions, they're big, big topics in people's lives. Mm-hmm. You want to really be there to support and guide them. Yeah. I totally get that. Yeah, I absolutely. With that completely. So when we think of, well, I should say when I think of your industry, um, historically, it's been very male dominated. Oh, gosh. Yes. I mean, I think of uh, Wall Street, oh, right? Yes. And I, I even in the Leonardo movies. Oh, yeah, exactly. But even in those Leo. movies, I don't recall seeing one woman nope. in that entire movie because nope. there wasn't. Nope, there wasn't. So what, you know, 
yeah, like when has when did that change? Like when has that shifted, or is it still in the process of being, you know, kind of, uh, you know, not equal parts, but more females? Mm-hmm. And what unique lens are you hoping to create for women? I think so. It's shifting, albeit very slowly. Um, so now women make up about twenty percent of advisors at banks. Um, so one in five. Uh, independent entrepreneurs were less than five percent in Canada. Mm-hmm. So it is. That I'm, is low. Yeah. Low. It is. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Low. It's, you know, I was just speaking with a group of women advisors across the country um, for the Wealth Professional Awards, and we had this chat before we went live, and it was like, we're 10 across the country. There's more. It was just in this group. Yes. But it was so surprising that there wasn't 50 or 80 or, mm-hmm. right? Like, it, it just... It really, really surprised and shocked us. Um, it's changing, but it's slow. Uh, why? It's still a traditional male-dominated mm-hmm. industry for sure. Um, I think the barriers to entry are really challenging, especially in the entrepreneurial world. Um, so it's got to change mm-hmm. for sure. Um, you know, to touch on what what you know what unique lens I have, I think it's I think it's that relationship. Right? And I'm not saying you know guys or gentlemen can't build relationships. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying that our industry is traditionally transactional based. It's very product focused. It's very, you know, I can solve your problem with this stock or this bond. I look at it and say, you know, what, what keeps you up at night? What are your financial goals? Where do you want to get to? How do you want to spend your time now, 10 years from now in retirement? Mm-hmm. And then let's map out something that fits that. Yeah. It doesn't really matter what product. They're just simply a tool, mm-hmm. right? Let's get you to that goal. And that's what's going to, that, that's what drives me. And that's what makes my clients so, I think, happy from what I hear. I'm sure they are. <laughs> Sounds like they are. And so let's talk about spare time. Oh, and, what's and that? I'm I sorry. know. I know. It's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing. It's a thing. It's this cool thing people yeah, have. Yeah, it's, it's this cool thing. But, you know, what do you, what do, you do for yourself? And first of all, because these are two different things. Mm-hmm. And I think as women, we power through a lot. We 100%. put ourselves last oftentimes. Yeah. I don't do that anymore. I put myself first. Amazing. Because I need to, you know, be the best that I can be for the people around me. Mm-hmm. But what do you do for yourself? And then what do you do in your spare time? Yeah. So I would say I shifted that probably about a year ago as well, thanks to my amazing, amazing business coach and life coach. Um, I shifted to making myself first as well. Because how am I going to be a good wife, a good mother, a good businesswoman without taking care of myself? Um, So fitness is a huge one. I know you're a huge proponent of this. Um, I am a big, you know, yoga, Pilates, spin. I'll go boxing. I box uh, once every couple weeks with a trainer. Um, Nothing's more satisfying than punching someone. Oh, right. I never knew this feeling existed. Gosh, it feels fabulous. I know. Girl, I hear you. Love it. Um, And then I got into CrossFit for a little bit because I really like the weightlifting. I like feeling strong, right? And I wanted to be able to pick up my kids and play with them. And so that, the fitness really, really helps. Um, podcasts, trying to take space with a set of headphones on, um, and really setting those boundaries with my children. Mm -hmm. That's been a huge thing for me to not have the guilt to not, to just say, you know, mom's going to take 30 minutes right now. Why don't each of you take 30 minutes and go listen to an audiobook and do some crafts. And you know what? They love it. Yeah. They love it. It really helps them as well on a weekend. So that's how I kind of take space and time for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, spare time. I do. Oh gosh, those two kids. 
amazing. My husband, just adore him. He's absolutely fabulous. Aww. So, yeah. So we've been together 18 years. He's Aww, our best that. friend. Yeah, he's a gem. I can't speak about him without smiling. Aww, I love that. Um, and so spending time with them, we have a place out in BC in Windermere. So just hiking, skiing in the winter, being outside in nature. Mm-hmm. And just, I find that so recharging. Um, and now that we can start doing again, glasses Yay. of wine out with the Yay. girlfriends. Yeah. These things called restaurants. I know. What are those? I've heard of these things. Patios? What's a patio? Patios. Yeah. And then um, before COVID, we were huge travelers. So yes. hoping to get back to that. Yeah. Great family time to explore Explore that together. Yeah. yeah. I know. Well, that, and you know what? It, there are blessings that have come out of COVID. I think gratitude, there's this song that I listen to called Gratitude, and I listen to it a few times a week because it it all of these things are like new again. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like you're putting on a, a new pair of glasses. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these freedoms were taken away from us. Yeah. You know, to have someone say, you can't do this and you can't travel. I mean, we are huge travelers. Mm-hmm. We're gone three months out of the year. Mm-hmm. And so that was that's probably been the most challenging thing, to have your freedoms taken away. And I, and I say that you know, uh, fully understanding that people in our world have had much greater freedoms taken away from Mm -hmm. them, you know, so we call those first world problems, what we're going through, but they're real to us. You know, we haven't experienced having to flee a country or, uh, being discriminated against, or, you know, those real kind of things that have been taken away from people's lives. So I say that from a first world lens, mm-hmm. completely understanding that, but, but it does, it has given me a greater appreciation mm-hmm. for the, those things that I enjoy doing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. So Julie, what have you vowed to yourself? I love this. I love that you have this. I just think it's phenomenal. I, I love this <laughs> question. You. Um, you know, about probably about eight nine months ago like you know in COVID deep in COVID I think it was September and kids are going back and everything um I saw this quote and it's by Beyonce and she said something along the lines of you know I don't gamble but if I'm gonna gamble on anyone it's myself Mm. or on anything it's myself Mm. and that has resonated with me so strongly it's just despite everything going on and the logistics and the back and forth and the freedoms and controls taken away from us right um you know just looking inward and just Mm -hmm. saying hey if I show up and do the best I can do every day for the people around me and the people I love that's 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 Mm -hmm. the best I can do right like that that is I'm gonna give a lot and it's gonna be awesome and to just stand within that confidence Mm -hmm. and within that because like you said as women we we sometimes our confidence wavers or we're, we're, we're just, we're, we don't put ourselves mm-hmm. first. And, you know, really to stand in that vow, I think is something I've really worked on. And, you know, it does get easier mm-hmm. when you start practicing that. It, it does, does get easier. It's, it's huge. Like, I don't even think about it now, yeah. you know, and I have, you know, some people may call it selfish. I say it's my wellness, mm-hmm. you know, and so I have a choice. Sometimes I have a choice that I'm either going to do my workout mm-hmm. or I'm going to see my kids mm-hmm. for a longer period of time mm-hmm. in the evening. Yeah. So sometimes I don't get home when I may want to because I've chosen mm-hmm. to get that workout in. But then I can show up for my family when I do have my family time and f- and be 100%. See, and that's, I've always looked at that as quality over mm-hmm. quantity. Two hours where you're kind of in and out and you're a bit on your phone yeah. and you're you're distracted and you're processing a business deal yeah. from the day and you know, or 
45 minutes where you're actually sitting on the ground playing yes. with your kids doing something. Yeah. I don't know. Kids are never going to, I mean, yeah. they don't even know the difference between 45 minutes well, and two don't. hours, right? They don't. But they are certainly going to remember like mom played Uno with me or mom did this board game with me or we went outside, played catch as opposed to like mom was on her phone and like we kind of yes. hung out. Yeah. So I agree with you. The quality over quantity is huge and you can do that if you're in a good headspace. Yeah. I love that. Exactly. Love you that. said something I have to share. It's really funny about kids not understanding time. So oh, maybe yes, four, best. but maybe she was probably about a year ago and we were talking about, uh, we have this four minute kind of rule in our, not rule, but this four minute thing in our house. So if you give them, you know, if we say it's four minutes, you can have four minutes of TV before bed mm-hmm. instead of saying up to bed. Yeah. It's like tangible for them. Okay. I have four minutes. So one time I remember saying to Ruby about a year ago, Ruby, you have four minutes before bed. She's like, no, I want a minute. And I'm like, okay, you can have a minute. Done. Sold. Done. Yes, you can. So good. I had to so share good. that because it's really, those, you know, those little, those little moments are so precious. They're the best. I want one. It's so good. No I problem. You can have one, girl. You it's can, all yours. All you own you it. You won't hear six seconds. One and a half? Sure. <laughs> Love it. Zero concept of time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so Julie, we always like to spotlight a charity of choice. And Love. so is there a charity that you would like to spotlight that's near and dear to your heart? Uh, yes, there is. So like I said, my dad passed away in 2012 from Lou Gehrig's. Mm-hmm. So ALS. Yeah. So my brothers and I have two younger brothers. Um, we started, you know, just kind of a following called Gordy's Army. My dad's name was Gord. Aww. And so the premise behind it is just to raise money for ALS and bring awareness. And so we started it after, I think, I don't know if you guys remember, but the ice bucket challenge where oh, yes. you had to dump the bucket. Yes. I was very pregnant when I had to do oh, it. Oh, yes. Like, this sends me into labor. Goodness <laughs> gracious. Um, but that was the summer of 2014. And so we started this in 1617 afterwards, after just seeing the recognition that ALS and just, it's it's not something that, that many knew a lot about mm-hmm. beforehand. And it's a horrible illness it because- It's horrible. Once, it takes you so fast. Yeah. And once you get diagnosed, like there's just yeah, nothing there's at no, this point. Yeah. So we really wanted to bring attention to it and awareness to it and also raise money because mm-hmm. they're getting closer and closer to finding mm-hmm. something that can help. So that's what we've started. Um, and actually, this is very timely. In the month of June is kind of the ALS walks across oh, okay. the country. Yeah, so we're really raising a big campaign right now to try and raise money and walk with your family and walk playing golf. My dad loved playing golf, um, and so just and then you know tag us in your photos, that sort of thing, and donate if you can. So it's been something that we've been pushing for the month of June, and it's been really really wonderful. Oh, well, Gord, yeah. it sounds like Gordy left a legacy. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He did. Yeah. And so we're working more and more to build out different ideas, events, ways people can support um, and just make, make the illness a bit more aware. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Lou Gehrig's disease does it. it um, I know Stephen Hawking's mm-hmm. was, you know, he he was probably, you know, one of the longer living 100%. people with Lou Gehrig's disease. Yeah. Uh, really impressive. Uh, as far as the, the and I remember um, not too long ago, there was a gal, I grew up just outside of, of uh, Calgary, two and a half hours north, and she found out she, uh, was it nine months after she had a little girl? Mm-hmm. So she was in her late 30s, early 40s, mm-hmm. and in nine months, she passed of Lou Gehrig's. Like, awful. just very, yeah. it's an awful disease. It's awful. Yeah, and there's no hope 
you know, like as far as once you're diagnosed. Correct. So perhaps the hope is in a treatment or exactly. in a cure. And hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. yeah. And they're doing all sorts of different studies. I mean, my dad was part of a double blind study um, out of the United States. So they're, they're really working on mm. it. Um, and I really, really hope in my lifetime that we can see a cure for that. that I would hope be so too, Julie. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for being our guest. Thanks I feel like me. I really got to know you and thank you for being that uh, support in your industry for women. It sounds like um, you love what you do. You're passionate. It sounds like you care about your clients and you help your clients with their money. So if any women out there specifically need help, contact Julie. Thank you. Really appreciate you having me. Thanks, Julie. Thanks. Thank you for tuning into The Vow, Voice of Women. We truly hope that you've enjoyed today's speaker. We hope that they've inspired you, made you think outside the box, and given you some points that you can apply to your everyday lives. Please subscribe to our podcast, rate us. If there's any suggestions you can make or feedback, we would love to hear from you. Thanks for tuning in.